But uh, there's a great story. Is it it's Dave Stewart? Uh, um, is it Dave Stewart? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and and Annie Lennox, and they were in America at the time doing a tour, and Dan Aykroyd was driving down the road and noticed them, her in particular, shouted out the window, hey, Annie, stopped his car. They went over and said hello, never met before, and uh, invited them over to the car, took out his needle and heroin, in daylight, put it on his bonnet and said, you guys fancy shooting up? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, that poor man. Insane. Music, movie, madness. Hello, welcome to Movies, Music and Madness. And tonight uh, we are doing the year 1980 and we're into our second half and we're going to do our movies. Yeah, that's just... Uh, Let's just kick off with a bit of this, shall we? Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. destroy this uh, later I like to play with things a while before annihilation Flash Gordon is my movie choice for tonight. Um, as well as just having a Queen soundtrack, which ultimately like registered up like 400 decibels a month. But um, yeah, um, it's just a great, fun film. It's a very silly film <laughs> in lots of ways. <laughs> One of the reviews I read for it said that it was basically a fairy tale set in a discotheque set in outer space. <laughs> and that kind of sums it up pretty well. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a Technicolor explosion as well. Like, Dave Lee Ralph, if, if he's got his dark glasses, I'll probably <laughs> edited this, actually. <laughs> it's, it's just like, sears through your brain. Um, the film came out, yeah, in sort of mid-1980. Um, and it was based on the, the old comic strip series. And um, the, there was a, um, like a serial, episodic kind of... Um, version of it that was kind of I think Buster Crab done in like the 1930s I believe and he used to kind of play on a Saturday morning before like a, the big movie kind of thing um yeah um Flash Gordon basically is a, is a uh, an American football player who uh that um the clip that I just kind of played you had at the start there is, is very much the start of the movie and basically Ming the Merciless the bad guy launches an attack on earth and there's like molten rocks raining down and all kinds of stuff as, as the earth's kind of blowing up. Um, and um, Flash Gordon meets uh, Dale Arden, a, a, a female reporter on a plane. Um, and as they land, the, they crash land the plane. It happens to crash land in a, in a laboratory belonging to Dr. Hans Zarkov, who's who predicted this is going to happen. 
and it just it just conveniently has built a rocket ship to uh, for him to go escape in. Um, and they um, they blast off and go off to the planet Mongo because <laughs> you know what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to go to planet Mongo. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going on holiday this year. Fiji, Every, no, no, and at Mongo, <laughs> yeah, timeshare, yeah, uh, you know. um, yeah. It's very silly. It's got an amazing cast. Um, Brian Blessed is fantastic as the Voltan, the King of the Hawkmen, um, looking like something out of a weird <laughs> SNN movie. Never laden hose and with, with big gold wings on his back, shouting, "Gordon's oh. alive." And stuff. Um, uh, everybody camps it up. It's, if, if you're going to put a word to this movie, it's camp. Um, <laughs> but oh my god, I loved it as a kid. I still love it now. I actually, um, the the Embassy Movie Theater in Wellington actually played it a couple of years ago on like a Friday night, and I got down and saw it. It's the first time I've seen it on a big screen like that, and uh, and everyone just cheered all the way through it. <laughs> Brilliant! It. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just great fun. Um, Features um, the likes of uh, it's got some interesting like sort of bit part roles for some some actors who kind of became famous later on. Like Timothy Dalton's in it. Um, he plays uh, the Prince of the Tree Men, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's as daft as it sounds. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you want an escapist film and something that's going to kind of like inter- entertain the kids without getting too scary or or you know uh, going down some weird path or anything um this is great escapism and i thoroughly enjoy it and um yeah so flash gordon that's my choice this week okay so next up is glenn i chose nine to five and nine to five is a sort of tour de force of three um pretty pretty epic sort of women actors of the time um we had in nine to five we have um Dolly Parton and her first sort of major mainstream sort of big role. Um, uh, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin um, and all of them, you know, get equal sort of sort of space in the film. Although I think it's probably Lily Tomlin that probably comes out on top. Um, the film really is about people, these three women that work in a office setting um, with this horrendously sexist, egotistical, sort of bigot of a boss. Um, and they sort of live out their fantasies of sort of getting rid of him and overthrowing the sort of, you know, that sort of patriarchy thing. So really, in some ways, it was really kind of a, like kind of ahead of its time. Um, they were talking about it's probably a little bit subversive as well, but that's, um, you know, Jane Fonda for you. Um, and they talked about sort of um, equal pay um, and flexible work relations. Um, uh, they, they had like subsidized childcare and creation, a whole bunch of these sort of things that even now are still regarded as somewhat, you know, a little bit radical. Um, and, the, and the fight to get, you know, equal pay for women for the same job is still continuing, which is kind of stink. And this movie's like 43 years old now. Um, yeah, not great. Um, the film itself, you know, it's kind of got that sort of serious sort of dramery thing to start with. And then it veers off into crazy land, absolute crazy land, where they, they, yeah, a whole ran, range of sort of madcap adventures occur where they actually sort of kidnap the boss um, and keep him held up in his home 
almost like in a gimp costume for about um, six weeks so they can get these invoices from when the computer system cuts over. It's like really bizarre stuff like that. Um, so they can put them away, um, which they do eventually. Um, you know what? It was a fun watch. Me and Bron liked it. Um, yeah, really fun. And even have the title track um, because after a while, this this becomes a bit of an earworm for you as well. Um, so let's let's play a little bit of Dolly Parton's Nine to Five, which was a big hit. And Dolly's awesome. Let's be fair. Come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five. What a So nine to five, um, Ronald Reagan said he enjoyed the film, except for one terrible bit that made me so mad, so mad. The woman had got getting quite drunk after a particularly bad day at work. And then they decided to get stoned. And that was at the time of Reagan's war on drugs. He's like, oh, that's not just encouraging young people to take drugs. <laughs> it's like, oh, dear. Which... They kind of were, really. No harm, no foul, really. Um, and so it's a really enjoyable oh. um, film to watch. And you've got three legends um, in the key role. So, yeah, good fun. Yeah. I remember working on Te Papa when it was being built, and there was an instant dismissal. You were fired if you were caught wolf whistling at anybody running or going along the waterfront. Instant dismissal. Yeah. And rightly so. Oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway, good film. <laughs> Um, good leads. Yeah, check it out. Great stuff. Thank you. Okay, Ian, what have you got for us tonight? My movie. My choice of movie tonight. Everybody. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody to love. Someone to love. Someone to love. <laughs> Sweetheart of Mills. Oh, does it need an introduction? If you don't know that Maybe. movie, go outside and have a word with yourself. <laughs> Maybe for some younger uh, listeners. Well, shame on you, younger listeners, but fair enough. The uh, movie I have chosen for you tonight, well, I'll give you a proper intro then, shall I? It's a movie, it's a story, uh, it's a tale of redemption for the paroled convict Jake and his brother, Elwood, who set out on a mission from God. <laughs> I just love it. It's the wonderful Blues Brothers, the one and only. Uh, it's a great comedy. Have we not had that on the show? Yeah, I've done it before, but not Matt, from 1980. I did it for my musicals one, I think. Oh, yeah. I thought someone yeah. had done something on that. And uh, Yeah, I wasn't sure, so I thought I'd just do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So good we did it twice, folks. <laughs> so good we did it twice. But uh, it's a cracking movie. You know, it's a good family movie. It's it's funny. It's uh, got a, an amazing cast. And it was mm. actually, I think it was when they wrote it, it was pretty much doomed to be a flop, you know? 
They thought it was going to be really? a massive flop. Yeah, what? totally. Um, oh, yeah, budget of $27 million, box office at $115 million. Um, I mean, insane, right? When you read up about it, yeah, they pulled a load of actors out because they couldn't afford to, they didn't want to put the money into it at all. Um, it features my my long-term sort of girlfriend, uh, Carrie Fisher. Mm. Um, I just think she's amazing, isn't she? Yes, agreed. I'm toting oh, that gun, eh? She's crazy. It's awesome. Oh, she, yes, she has a rocket launcher. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Flamethrower. Flamethrower. This is what I'm talking about. If you've not seen this movie, you must please go and watch it. It's called The Blues Brothers. It uh, stars Dan Aykroyd and the late... Oh, is Dan Aykroyd dead? No, no, no he's, he's still going. going. No, he's still going. Yeah, so it's just the late uh, John Belushi. Yeah. But uh, what a cracking movie. Good, good my, movie. My favourite story about John Belushi while they were making this was one day he, he basically was, you know, at that point he was pretty caked and, and well into his drugs and, and yes. his alcohol and all the rest of it. Um, he'd basically been drinking all night, having a party, went to set the following day, was on set and the, something was going, taking too long to get, get the shot done. So he basically just walked off and disappeared and no one knew where he was and he basically went around the block and knocked on the door and this like 15 year old kid answered the door and he goes you know who i am right and the kid's sort of like speechless yeah and he goes i'm just coming in don't worry about me so he walked in helped himself to some food and a beer from the fridge and probably fell asleep on the couch and then about five hours later, Dan Eckrod and a couple of others managed to find him. <laughs> he was still passed out on the couch. Just... The guy's a genius. Uh, I, I just watched a little YouTube thing on the Eurythmics because uh, I was going to choose a Eurythmics album, but it was just after. But uh, there's a great story. Is it it's Dave Stewart? Uh, um, is it Dave Stewart? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and, and Annie Lennox, and they were in America at the time doing a tour, and Dan Eckrod was driving down the road and noticed them, her in particular, shouted out the window, hey, Annie, stopped his car. They went over and said hello, never met before, and uh, invited him over to the car, took out his needle and heroin in oh. daylight, put it on his bonnet and said, you guys fancy shooting up? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, that poor man. Insane. Oh, what a mess. Oh, great story. Yeah. Well, from one to another, one comedy to another. Different genre, though. Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209er, clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now I radio clearance. Over. That's Clarence. Over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger. Over. What? Hey! Who? I was in the air force. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the great all time um, spoof movies from the eighties. Uh, airplane, um, yeah, and actually interesting. Not one that I really got back in the day. It was way above my head as mm -hmm. a school kid, and but I watched it the other day for the first time in a long time. And I couldn't stop laughing throughout the whole thing. It was just it brilliant. Cracks you up, eh? That's um, 
interesting with that enough, movie is it doesn't let up right it's just gag no, no. after gag it after gag goes after and gag goes and, goes. <laughs> and there's stuff in the background that you just got to pick up and it's like every time you watch it something new um it's based off a um it's based off a film from when was it now it might have been yeah it's in the 50s called zero hour um direct parody of that um movie actually so uh, so much so to avoid getting sued, they actually bought the rights to that, um, probably for all of five bucks. But um, what amazed me is that a number of actors, quite a few actors, were not told that it's a comedy when they were making it. Hence, why you know, so during production, yeah, help that they maintain that straight deadpan face Damn. for a lot of the skits, right? Because they weren't told it was a comedy. Yeah, How brilliant's that genius. It really is it makes it so much funnier. Um, uh, yeah, it's got Leslie Nelson as we know as the Doctor, um, and he was pretty much known for playing serious roles right up until then. Um, and the most famous line in the in the movie w- w- voted as one of the most famous lines ever in movie television in movie dim is. Um, the uh, the exchange. Uh, surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Do you remember that one? <laughs> so uh, yeah, brilliant um film. It was uh, how did it do at the box office? Airplane, airplane, airplane. Uh, actually, the um the movie company were pretty concerned at, right at the outset that it was not going to do well because it was um uh. Yeah, the, the the type of humor was pretty much not was the first of its type, right? That slap, no, not slapstick, but yeah, very um, deadpan kind of humor that you really have to read between the lines and even listen in the background. And a lot of the humor is what's going on in the background, the scenes that are going on in the background, um, the audio right at the start. Uh, well, this is actually pretty much straight up, but you might remember Jaws had only come out a couple of years beforehand. Mm. Right, and it was a huge hit, right? And so what they do with airplane is they have right at the start of the, the movie they have the tail of the airplane going back and forth amongst the clouds like a shark fin, with the sound <laughs> of jaws dubbed over. It's just brilliant, right? And who, who wrote it? Who wrote oh, it? Was written by a couple of brothers called uh, they called they are called David and Jerry Zucker. And a chap called Jim Abrahams. Um, it was their. It was also uh, their directorial debut. So they directed and wrote it. Produced by John Davison. Um, and pretty much start. I mean, it starts Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the famous mm-hmm. basketball player from the Lakers. I think he was in the Lakers. Um, and there's a really cool piece in that skit where. Um, someone's like saying, yeah, you know, they go into the cockpit and they go, you're, you're the basketball player. You're the guy, uh, what's his name? Gary? And then he's like denying it the whole time, keeps denying it. And then when he stands up and he's in his NBA shorts, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the funniest thing, the whole, the whole movie that you have to really listen to get yeah. is that every time they cut to the airplane, they have the audio of the plane, but it, it's, it's a propeller plane, the audio from propeller planes going. And yet it's a twin or four four engine jet engine plane. 
and yet they've got propeller audio. It's just those are the sorts of things that you really you just go. It's so dark, but it's so good. Is it the first one that's got the taxi cab? Yes, yes exactly. yeah, it's the first one. That's, that's it is. He puts the meter it's on got, too, and yeah. about halfway through the movie, the guy's still in the cab, and it's about eighty-eight thousand dollars on the. Cab. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, um, if you saw it as a kid and you thought it was yeah, a bit strange, watch it again as an adult. That's all I can say, because yeah. it totally hits the mark. Yeah. Yeah. Clever writing, awesome. eh? Clever writing, that 100%. stuff. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for that, guys. Um, that kind of brings us to a wrap, really, for tonight. Um, so that was 1980. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on our Facebook page, and um, we're... Our new and improved Facebook page, in fact. And uh, we're now open for suggestions for future shows. Um, and please leave your comments on, on the Facebook page as well. Um, if you happen to be in... <laughs> Ocato. Ocato. Somewhere near New Plymouth on Saturday night. You can come and see me and Ian. And uh, I don't have a dude. Um, Gary. But Gary. Gary. Yes, Gary. Gary. Yes. Gary. Great bass player name that Gary. Yeah. Gary and a great bass player he is. Yeah, me Ian Gary. and Gary uh, knocking out some jazz tunes, playing some jazz. Yeah. The jazz um, trio. Yeah. yeah. The the what was it? The Superfly Piano Trio. Jazz the, trio. The, su the Superfly Trio. Oh, jazz Trio. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love couldn't it. Fit it. Couldn't fit it on the album cover. It just kept coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Come along. Yeah. At the yeah, it's at the the Ocato restaurant. And um yeah, hope you enjoyed it and uh we will see you next week. <laughs>